We're recording now. This is live. Brilliant. Good evening, Bob. How are we doing? Yeah, good. How are you, mate? I'm very well. I'm very well. It's nice to see you in your studio there. Yeah, it's uh, it gets a bit mad in here. It's uh, it's currently really warm because I've been playing for four hours and um, like all the desk is on because we do everything through headphones. Um, so there's a, a massive um, like studio desk here. Uh, yeah very warm so uh, in the summer i've got it up to, i think i had a band practice once and we got it to 38 degrees in here jesus that's like tenerife <laughs> yeah, it was, yeah yeah it was uh it was a sweaty band practice your, like, your neighbors must love you two drum kits uh yeah so they the neighbors are far enough away that they don't hear anything and you can see all the curtains on the walls yeah um, curtains are designed specifically so that they they're really thick they're double layered um but there's an air gap between the curtain and the wall and this really helps with sound diffusion uh, so it actually massively reduces the sound outside. So you can't really hear the drums beyond the garden. Good, uh, good. Not, <laughs> good for them. The windows, because otherwise they will hear. <laughs> um, well, welcome to the Rockman podcast, Bob. Um, obviously, this is the this is the Rockman podcast where we are going to discuss mental resilience and the benefits of um, mental resilience on running, fitness, well-being, and life. Um, and hopefully people can take some insight and information away and leave feeling inspired to push their own limits and improve their own fitness and health and well-being through this chat with you and me right now. Brilliant. Yeah, I love that. Well, there's no pressure, there. no pressure at all. I've, I've got to be inspiring, have I? That's that's like on the contract. <laughs> Bob, the fact that you're here, you already are. You've already passed the uh, initial test. Um, well, I think that's that's probably the biggest thing right now is that people are probably watching this and they're going, who the hell is Bob Thomas? Yeah, why is um, the random guy on here? So, Bob, who the hell is Bob Thomas in one minute or less? One minute or less. Okay, so I am a full-time drummer uh, who also does a little bit of running on the side. And by a little bit of running, I mean usually ultramarathons. Um, I've done an Ironman a few years ago. I'm trying to do one again, but they keep cancelling it, which is a real pain, but it will be there eventually. Um, but yeah, the main thing that I've done is I sort of combined the two of running and drumming, and I decided to pull my drum kit 107 miles uh, in one go. It took 47 hours, 2 minutes and 34 seconds. Um, and the drum kit weighed over two times what I do. Uh, and it was pretty painful. It took about 14 months to prepare for. Um, and then off the back of that, I've become obsessed with ultra running. And now I'm just looking at doing crazy challenges. Um, and then obviously you have um, interviewed Reese from Pegasus. Um, I've run all of his races. That was my first race season this year. Um, and was lucky enough to win three, which was good fun. Uh, it's nice. I got a couple of trophies, which I was very happy with. Um, so that's that's me. And I'm a bit of a mad just... Like anything that's really difficult um, and is going to make me suffer, I'm I'm well up for doing. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what Rockman's all about. This is what it says here: welcome the yeah. pain, embrace the suffering. That's so you're going to fit in perfectly. Because yeah. obviously, we we met on one of um, Reese's challenges. That's where we met, wasn't it? On the yeah, we met John O'Groats to Lands John O'Groats John O'Groats to Lands End challenge, wasn't that it? The right way, yeah. And um, we we ran to England together. We did. We crossed the bridge. Yeah, I know. It sounds it sounds really good if you say we started a run in one country and finished in another. Um, that was huge. We only ran about six miles, but <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, but that's why I met you, and you, you um, I think it was a friend, a mutual friend, Claude, pointed me out to you, and he said, "This guy just towed his drum kit 
from where, where, where was it from where did you start it was I, Cardiff. Start, I started in cardiff yeah so yeah. i started um on panath road um there's a drum shop called drum depot in cardiff and i started mm-hmm. in like right outside the front door um and then i towed basically all along the the southwest coast uh as close as i could with the road um to stay off the motorway and and then it was 107 miles back to letterston which is my home village which is in pembrokeshire which is about it's about 10 miles outside half the west which is the biggest local town but you're, you're finishing off the best but you've you've missed off the best bit there oh. is that when you got to your hometown <laughs> with oh, the yeah. drum kit you then played a set with the drum kit right i i have actually forgotten that i've done that um yeah so i then um played for an hour and 10 minutes with my band so i recruited them I forced them to come out of hiding and come down and play play a gig with me. And we just rented the the um, there's like a local green. Um, so we just rented it, invited the, the village down and was like, but we're gonna play some live music at the end of this. Does like do you wanna come? There's a bar um that's like all be outside, socially distance and just have a laugh. So yeah, and then uh, a company called EPS Events got in touch. Um and they were like, We've got a stage and we're not using it that weekend. Would you like it? And I was like, yeah, I, I really would, thanks. Yeah. So they came down and set that up and we had this massive stage and yeah, it was, it was brilliant. Um, I didn't play great, but <laughs> I played. Yeah, no, it was pretty bloody yeah. impressive. I think the key thing you did there is you put the bar there. I think as long as you've got a bar there, it's just yeah. like uh, hummingbirds to honey or bees to honey, isn't it? Like yeah. people will come. I know, yeah. Well, that uh, was the only reason I went. <laughs> how the hell did that come about? Like what, what was going, like where did this, where was the initial conception for this? And how did it just so, grow into it, the challenge? It, it almost came about because of a joke. So I, when lockdown first hit, it was, it was always going to be, it was going to be three weeks, I think it was, wasn't it? Or something like mm. that. I said it was like three weeks or a month. Um, and at that point I was doing loads of swimming. So just before lockdown, I was swimming six days a week. Um, I'd just come off my first Ironman and I, off the back of that, I was like, right, I really enjoyed that. So I'm going to push really hard. But swimming was always my strongest. So I was like, I'm going to push like that. And then lockdown hit, pools close. Okay, can't swim. What should I do? And then we weren't allowed more than five miles from the house. So bike is kind of out. Um, and they were monitoring everything. So it was like, okay, well, let's, let's just start running. We'll find a loop that always keeps me within five miles and I'll just keep running it. So started running. I thought, right, well, this would be a laugh. And um, me and my mate were jumping on Skype to do some work together. Uh, and I was, I was saying to him and I was like, oh, I quite fancy like doing some silly challenge. I was like, cause I, I need something. And I was like, I've got a gig in five weeks which would have been it was like the the one that didn't get cancelled because the lockdown was only meant to be four weeks and I said I might run to that gig and he was said okay how far is it I said well it's in Cardiff so it's a hundred miles and he's like yeah okay fine whatever um and I was like yeah no that that would be fine I can train to run a hundred miles in four weeks Um, (laughs) um and and then he off the cuff as a joke goes well how you get your drums there and I was like oh I'll them um, I'll just like recruit my parents or or maybe you or something and and I just get you to take the drum kit and he went no that doesn't count I was like what he was like yeah it doesn't count he's like unless you tow the drums yourself it doesn't count and I was like oh yeah funny hilarious but then that night I remember sort of lying down in bed to go to sleep and it just it just sort of popped up in my head and and I remember thinking of, like I'm a big fan of um Ross Edgeley and the guy who swam all the way around the UK. 
And uh, I remember thinking, I was like, what, what if I did do it? Like, what's, what's the worst that could happen? And then I started thinking about him and I was like, well, that's probably what he thought when he was going to swim around the UK. He's like, it, it, wasn't, it wasn't something of like, oh yeah, I'll just swim around the UK, that's, that's really easy. There was probably this idea of, can it be done? Like, mm, okay. And that's where my head was at. And I was like, well, what, what would happen if I did it? So I, I started to think about it a little bit. And then I started to say to people, I was like, oh, what, what do you think if I did this? And people were just like, no, that's mental, you can't do it. And that just kind of stuck with me. And I was like, no, maybe I have to do it. And then about a week later, I probably thought about it every second of every day. And I was just like, no, it's, it's got to be done. I, I have to do it. So I decided to make a video um, saying that I'm going to do it. And I said that I was going to raise money for cardiac risk in the young. Uh, unfortunately, my family, we, we lost my older sister um, to a cardiac issue when she was 16. So for me, that was the, the best charity. There was, there was no charity to do it for, really. So that was a really instant, like, yep, yeah, let's, let's do it for them. So I was like, okay, well, let's make a video and put it on Facebook because then I'm held accountable. I didn't realise how accountable you're held when you put a video on Facebook um, because I made a three-minute video saying, I'm going to run 100 miles and I'm going to tow my drum kit and I'm going to do it for cardiac risk in the young. Um, and within about three hours, I'd raised £150, except for the fact that I hadn't, I hadn't raised it because I hadn't even set up the donation page yet. I just thought about it. I hadn't even contacted the charity. I just said I was going to do it. And people were messaging me and sending me money. And I was like, oh, I have to do this now. This, like, I, so, Hell yeah, you have to yeah. do it. Yeah, so hell yeah. Like, okay, right. I, I'm, I'm in. So I didn't know how to tow it. I didn't even know how much the drum kit weighed. Um, I mean, like I've carried it a lot of times before, but in chunks, like it's all in cases and I move it around one by one. I've never done the whole thing in one. And also it's massive. So I can't like hold it above my head. That's not going to work. So I need some sort of trailer. Um, so then I was, okay, what, is it even legal for me to tow a trailer on the road? <laughs> I, like, I don't know. So I had a, a friend who was a, um, used to be a police officer. So I phoned him and I was like, can I legally do this? And he was like, I don't see any reason why not. I was like, that's a good enough answer. I'll do it. Um, and then I just started phoning companies and saying, like, I want to do this. Can you make me a trailer? Um, and I got a, a lot of no's and sort of like, we don't really believe you're going to do it like that's mental mm. um so i but i just kept phoning and i found a, a company called handle it down in devon and i phoned them up and and they were like yeah yeah why not we'll we'll make you a trailer um so i said okay and they're like well like measure the drum kit figure out what it is how much it it weighs and everything so i i uh figured out to weigh my drums i went down to a, a local skip hire place and they've got a weigh bridge for weighing the tractors when they take all the um, all the thing off the farm when they do the harvest. And um, so I took the drums down there and weighed it on their weigh bridge. Um, and that was when I figured out that the drum kit on its own weighs almost 100 kilograms. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you'd known that before you put the video out and made yourself accountable, if someone said, right, it's 100 kilograms, do you think you would have gone through with it? Or was it in your head? You were doing it no matter, even if it came back at a ton, you were doing I, it. I, I think at that point it was in my head. Yeah. yeah. I think it was too late. I, I, I'm pretty sure from, from my mate making the joke, which must have been at like 
sometime at midday, just on a chat. By the time I woke up the next morning, I was doing it. There was no, there, there was nothing. Yeah. And, and I've, got, I've got a text from my mate, Mike, um, from when I first said I was going to do it. Uh, and I, and I, I texted him and said I was going to do it. And he sent me a text back and he said, and he said, oh, he said, well, we'll have a, we'll have a pint next year and I'll remind you that you said this and, uh, and we'll look what you could have done. And, and I always remember that text. Yeah, that's <laughs> it. Like, that, yeah, that, it's done now. <laughs> he's got under your skin there. So he, he knows what he's doing. He's, there's no way yeah. you could pull out that. Um, um, yeah. <clears throat> sorry. Go on. Yeah. So yeah, it was, it's just one of those things, but I, 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 I'm so glad that I, did just commit to it because it's now put me in the mindset of whatever I say I will try and do. Um, mm. So along with that, I've now done some other really weird things of like, um, so do you know the David Goggins four by four by 48? Yeah. Now I've seen your YouTube video. I haven't watched it, but I've just seen the thumbnail and I saw the title and I did yeah. think what on earth is this guy thinking? So yeah. Explain to the listeners what you did so we so it changed and it's the same mate's fault so i did it initially about maybe a year and a half ago um and i did it for three days instead of two and i just decided i did the i did the whole 48 hours and i was like oh cool i'm done and then it got to about 20 minutes before the next four hours and something in my mind just went do another 24 hours and I went, oh, okay. <laughs> and, and I was just myself. And, and I was like, oh, I'm going to do another. And I, I don't know why. I just like, just put my clothes back on and went for another day. Um, and I did that. But because I'd done that, that got me thinking. So when it came round to, because there's a, I think in March, they always do it at the same time. Like everyone does it together. Mm. And that came back round this year. And I was like, well, what if I do it for a week? I was like, that would be fun. So the initial idea was to do it for a week. And I was like, okay, it's the it's the four by four by one six eight. Um, which I was like, well, it's not, 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 yeah. not, not, not great the best now. ring to it, is it? Yeah. No, not really. Um, but but I didn't I didn't figure it out. And and I I was like, okay, but I'll I'll do it for a week. That sounds all right. And we'll just say it's the four by four by forty eight for a week. So I started doing it and I got to the last day and uh, I spoke. I spoke to the same mate on the phone, the same mate who made the joke off off the cuff joke about turning the drums. And I I think I had two runs left at this point. And he, and he said to me, he said, Oh, how many, how many runs is it? And I said, Oh, it's 42. And he went, Oh, so if you do another day, it's 48 runs. I was like, yeah. And he was like, so if you do another day, it's still a four by four by 48. I was like, fine. <laughs> so that was it. I was like, okay, we're going for eight days. Um, so that's fun. But it I I like that challenge because it's really it, it's unique. It's it's very different and it's a nice way of chunking down the miles. You can cover a lot of miles. So I covered 192 miles in eight days, mm. which is a, a heavy week. Um, but because you chunk it down into four mile chunks and they're at really different times each each run is very different the the 2am runs get monotonous and and similar but because you've got five other runs between those 2am runs it's not it's not as bad and it, it doesn't it doesn't feel like you've run 192 miles the worst thing i think is just the the sleep is difficult because it's hard to wind down 
uh, and also just fitting work around it is a nightmare. I was going to say, what, have you not got a bloody job, Bob? Yeah. So <laughs> how do you fit? How do you fit over a week? Was it eight days then? So it was eight yeah, days. Yeah, so I did it for eight days. So yeah. fortunately, I I started it on the Friday night, so that I got the weekend, like both ends. So I tried mm. to get as, as many weekend days as possible. Um, fortunately, at this point, we we're still in lockdown, so I wasn't um, gigging. Uh, and then I just fit all my work around it. So my work day sort of started at sort of like 7.30 and then ended at like nine. But that's, in amongst it, I had some random runs. To that's got to take some discipline. Man. I, I actually did it myself. Um, I, can't, I think it was this year, March, actually. Right. I, did, yeah. I did it myself. But I did the 48 hour one. So I did the, the novice version, I guess you call it. Like <laughs> if you could call it novice. But I, 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 the same as you, I thought, I thought it was a fantastic challenge. Yeah. Um, it's so different to say where you go out for, say, say you set yourself a target of 30 miles, a 30 mile challenge. Well, you know that it's over at 30 miles and you yeah. know you're going to achieve it in that day at some point. Yeah. This one I just found so relentless because yeah. 48 hours is a lot and it's, it's a long time, but you get the chance to come home have a hot bath, have yeah. some lovely food, put your comfies on, sit in front of the TV, and then four hours, three hours later after you yeah. run. See, that's the big thing. You've got to get back out there and do yeah. it again. That's yeah. the t- And the fact that you did it for eight days and still did your work, I don't know how you would have done work. That's insane. I, I'm, I'm not sure I performed the best in work, but yeah. <laughs> no. But it, that, that's the funny thing is because... When, when you say to people about it and you say, oh, it's, you run four miles every four hours, they, they think, oh, you get a nice four-hour break. But you, you don't because if the run takes 35 minutes mm. and then you get back and then you change, you eat something, so easy, that hour is easily gone. So then it's three hours, but it's not three hours because you've got to get ready to run 20 minutes before the next one. So suddenly it's two hours, 40 minutes. And then it just plays on your mind. It's you, you're always thinking, oh yeah, but I've got this next run. And yeah, the yeah. one I found hard was I so I slightly changed it because he he does he does different times. I think he does it at 12 o'clock, four o'clock, and eight o'clock. But that didn't work with my lesson times. So I changed it and I did 10 o'clock, two o'clock, and six o'clock. Two a.m. Yeah. So, yeah, so, yeah. so two a.m and then 6 a.m. and then 10 a.m. Mm-hmm. That, that's how I did it. But what was weird is then after the 6 a.m. run, you can't decide whether to go back to sleep or not. Yeah, that's a dodgy time. That's a, and yeah. it, it, it's, it's a weird one because it's starting to get light, especially in March. It's like, okay, it's light now. Mm. So it, that really plays with your mind. Yeah, I think if anyone wants a real proper test, that's the closest thing I've come to, to, to a real test where i i wanted to, i wanted to give up after 24 hours i thought that was enough um the, the night is is where it, it bites definitely and, the, and, the, and you get two night runs that's the mm. thing yeah. uh, when everyone's asleep in bed yeah you, you are going out for two two runs at least yeah. Yeah. even though you do you probably get like an 11 o'clocker 10 o'clocker but people yeah, are winding it, down yeah, even if you do the 10 like if you do midnight and four no one's there yeah. Um, or even if you do the way, well, I, see, maybe my way is slightly easier because I only have a 2 a.m. run. Yeah. Um, Possibly. I, do you know what? You say it's slightly easier. <laughs> I don't think really, it really bloody matters. <laughs> like maybe, maybe I have to go back and, and do like an AD test. 
yeah, you're gonna have to, and then yeah, yeah. write out, do a report of your findings. That'd be good. But well, my March sorted, isn't it? <laughs> do you know what, Bob? Because um, I again for the listeners, Bob's got a YouTube channel um, yes. that you're, you're growing with uh, a lot of ultra running uh, tips and hints and uh, yeah, making <laughs> recommendations. Yeah, science-based videos and looking into stuff. Which is well, this this is the thing because uh, people might be listening to this now and thinking, well, look at this young. Uh, fit young man sit there saying he did all these challenges and of course he did look he's got youth and talent and fitness on his side however now I was scrolling through your video history and I stumbled across a video of you playing the drums only two years ago yeah and and he thought wow he looks really fat (laughs) I don't want to sound rude (laughs) you you are a lot bigger yeah yeah, you're you're more my size there I was bigger than that you were bigger than that. That was you I, slimming yeah, down. I, I used to be I used to be a lot a lot bigger. So that so two years ago is when I first started cutting weight. Um, which was a base I I trained I trained a little bit uh a few years ago and did a marathon, hated it, and decided that's it, I'm not doing anything again. So at what size were you when you you started that? When did you do the marathon? Were you were you still oh, a big lad? Uh, yeah, 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 bit. I must yeah. have been. 96 98 kilo and how uh, tall are you i'm 5 8 at 98 kilo yeah yeah i yeah i was i was i was round <laughs> like i mean people listeners you need to go and check out his youtube channel um don't forget to like and subscribe while you're there um, yeah, but yeah. also yeah check check this image out it's it, it blew my mind it blew my mind because i when i met you i thought i just assumed you've always been this fit guy no no not at all no yeah. so i i was as a kid, was never into sports. Nothing. Mm. Um, I, I pretty much I, I played tag rugby as a kid, and I used to run away from the ball. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was terrible. Uh, never really into sport. Um, and then I did a little bit of weightlifting when I was about sixteen. Um, but then when I left school, I just went straight into music, and I just started traveling around the UK and gigging. And it was late nights and mcdonald's and drink and it was just i yeah it's just not a an easy environment to be fit because all the light hours you're sleeping and then you're setting up and then you're playing a gig and then you're driving and you drive through the night you drive from somewhere like brighton up to manchester and you stop at every service station and you eat terrible food and it just doesn't it just doesn't work like life on the road isn't it life on the road and and i i realized it was 2018, so I would have been 20, um, and I was, yeah, that's when I was at my heaviest, which was probably about 98 kilo. Um, I may have dipped over 100, but I'm not, I'm not sure. I wasn't just, I wasn't, just after Christmas or something. Yeah, I wasn't actively yeah. weighing myself then because it wasn't that pleasant. Um, but yeah, I, I realised then when I had, I remember having a gig and we had to go up. Um, it was like a half flight of stairs. It wasn't even it wasn't even big because it was um the the lower i can't remember what it's called now the stage was raised but it wasn't it wasn't just the stage that was raised the actual um like dance floor was lowered as well so it was it was kind of like a a two-third stairwell um and had to carry my drum kit up it um bear in mind we know we said my drum kit weighs 100 kilo but when i carry it into venues it's in one two three four five six seven beds um uh, so it's dispersed up, 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 out. Up, up, up. Um, 
Yeah, and I pretty much had, I'm, I am asthmatic, so that doesn't help, but I basically had like three asthma attacks whilst <laughs> trying to set up my kit. Right. Um, yeah, it, in one gig. In, so basically in the space of like an hour, I'd had three asthma attacks, was feeling horrendous, um, so incredibly unfit. And I was like, this is a problem. I need to change this. So I decided to start running. And then I started running early... Uh, 2018 and that's when I did the marathon so I started I trained for about six to eight weeks doing a little bit of running running like a 5k every other day um and uh I said I, I said to someone I think it might have been my mum that I said to I said oh I, I fancy doing um something like a marathon um and and she was like oh that would be good and and then they that she, she was telling other people and then like two days later they came to me and they're like oh you said you wanted to do a marathon so we signed you up for one in Tembe it's in like three weeks <laughs> was that your mum um yeah it was even my mum or my ex-girlfriend that did it I can't remember who but it right. was like they were basically they basically just massively pressured me and they're like do it and they like entered my details and they were like here you go like sign up um and I was like okay <laughs> so I just signed up do you think that they they wanted to help push you. Do, do, do you think that they realised that maybe you weren't, you you needed help getting healthy or something? I think, or? I think they just, I, I think it's more my mentality. My mentality is always, it's like everything or nothing. Yeah. And I think they knew that. So they were just like, well, we'll just, we'll just like kind of go with him and we know we'll do everything and he'll probably be all right. He might give up, but whatever. Um, so yeah, so we went and, and I went and did that and it took me four hours 45 minutes um which I wasn't too disappointed in um at the time but I hated it I just absolutely hated it It was a really hot day um and it was quite hilly well back then I thought it was horrendously hilly um although I scrolled back through Strava the other week and I realized that it wasn't that hilly at all (laughs) 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 Um, and and I just I just really didn't enjoy it so just stopped training just completely stopped training and then just put all the weight back on uh, and, and that was when I realized I have to have a challenge. So I decided to sign up for Ironman and I, I signed up for that. And I did that in September 2019. So I, I went from the marathon in sort of first, first quarter of 2018, put all the weight back on. And then in September, my dad did Ironman. Um, he's done it three times he's, and he's 60. Um, <laughs> He's, he's another piece he's, he's yeah a, um but then when he did that I was like okay I really need a challenge so I have to sign up for Ironman so I signed up with a year to train and trained quite well but then over the next summer gigs were really busy training all went downhill um so my training for Ironman wasn't great uh I came in at I did 15 and a half hours um so I did it um, but I wasn't I wasn't too pleased and I knew I could do better. And that's when I was I was still quite heavy. So still up towards the sort of 88 to 90 kilograms then. Um, mm-hmm. and, and this wasn't it, it, the thing is, is it wasn't like 90 kilograms of muscle. It was it was all fat. Um, so that then was when I decided, right, I am cutting weight Um and, and I'm going to train properly. And that's when I started swimming five days a week. Um, so from after Ironman, which was September, I lost about 25 kilos 
on from 90 from yeah so from 90 i went mm. i went down to yeah i went from 90 to my lowest was 66 kilo so yeah it was, it was somewhere in the range of about 22 to 25 kilos i dropped mm -hmm. um from the end of september to the middle of april um and i just i basically got on my fitness pal um, and I just put in the numbers and my whole goal was I just have to make every day green. Um, yeah. and if I got a red day, it didn't matter. It, it was, I, I made, I made sure I didn't sort of get into that streak idea. That's, that's what I, I hate with, with many things. And, and it always really irritates me when people get into this idea of like, Oh, I've done it for 20 days. I've done it for 30 days. I've done it for 40 days. But then as soon as they miss one day, it's like, it's over. Yeah. But it, but it's it's really not. It's it's just carry on and then look back and you go, oh yeah, I've done it for 150 days and 15 of them, so 10% were red. That yeah. that doesn't matter. Whereas, and if you did it for 90 days and then you got a red day and then you just stop, it just goes. Um, so that was my whole idea was just try and make every day green. If I get a red day, oh well, next day's got to be green. So yeah. it was just, a, it was basically, it's either a tick or a cross, good day, bad day. Um, and that's how I did it. And I just stuck to it for about six months. It's, um, I mean, that's what we promote here at Rockman is, is, is challenges. That's what it's yeah. all about. Um, I've got like, you know, a, a similar story is, is that I, I was in a, a pretty bad health place as yourself uh, was um, back in, oh Jesus, I'm gonna have to rack my brain now. 2013 so a, a while ago a while ago yeah. but it, it took challenges to yeah. give me the kick up the ass to give me the accountability to do it I, I see so many people say right I'm going to lose weight or I'm going to get fit but they have no goal they have no target they have it's just they're doing it for the fitness sake or lose weight sake yeah and then they fall off the wagon quite easily yeah. and they they yeah. don't get back on you need that accountability you yeah. need something that driving force um, I, I agree and I it's also something that makes it a little bit fun. Um, yeah. I, I really enjoy the challenge aspect of it. I, I, I love that. I, I, you, run an, you run an ultra marathon and it hurts like mad, but I love that it hurts. Yeah. I love that you do it and you're 40 miles in and you're suffering and you hate it. But then you get to the end and you're like, that's amazing. <laughs> And yeah, you know yeah. that half an it's, hour ago you were like i hate this <laughs> yeah and, and they give you a little medal and a t-shirt and it's yeah, all, it's yeah. all worthwhile like. i know it's, but it is it is so worthwhile and and there's, there's something about that that i love and i think that's that's one thing is finding what you enjoy about it and i always say to this when people ask me about starting running and i said to them i was like i was like okay so when you start just go out and run don't think about anything and just try things so run with music run with a podcast run with an audiobook run without it like run with holding a ball and chuck it up in the air to yourself and things like that and and whatever go run sprints go run up a hill go run down a hill go run coast path go run road because if Lots of people go, oh, yeah, it's running. And they go out and they do a route that they're not really interested. There's nothing really to look at. And they maybe don't put any headphones on. They don't think about their shoes or their pacing. Or, or they try and go out and they say, oh, the only reason I'm doing I have to hit this distance. But I think first, the main thing to think about is enjoying it. 
because there is actually things that are enjoyable about running and you stick to things that you enjoy. I, I say this when I teach drums, I always have, use this analogy of a PlayStation, which is when people start learning drums, they a lot of them have this question of they, they go like, oh, like how, how long until I can like start playing? And I, and I said, well, from day one, you, you play from day one. Like you will practice as well, but the main thing is to play and enjoy it. Because if you bought a PlayStation, how many people buy a PlayStation and sit there with the PlayStation off, TV off, practicing button combinations? No one. No one does that. Everyone just turns it on, starts playing, and they learn as they play. Yeah, and people yeah. get amazing at it because they just do it. They just repeat. It's like learning on the job. And I think that's the best way to get into something like running is to go in with the mindset of like, right, I'm just going to enjoy it. I'm going to try loads of different things and see what happens. And then you'll probably get a bug and then you'll go, oh, right, I've run a 5K in 30 minutes. Can I do under 30 minutes? And then you'll start to play with yourself and you'll realize what actually draws you to running because it might not be trying to do a sub 30 minute 5K. It might be running to the top of a mountain so that you can see the view. Mm. but even if you still run it you've run so it, it doesn't really matter what the motivator is but you should try and work out what yours is um and i like running for me massively when i started doing this when i used to travel to gigs i used to use that time to listen to audiobooks and podcasts and i used to really enjoy that I, I used to like reading as a kid and it's hard to fit the time in so audiobooks were amazing in the car when lockdown hit i didn't have that time so when i started running I would just run easy, forget about distance, speed, anything. I'd just stick an audiobook on and just run until I was bored. And I'd find that I'd, I'd run for three hours yeah. and I'd get lost in an audiobook. And, it, and then come back and it was like, oh, it was great. I got to listen to an audiobook and I ran. <laughs> exactly. It, it, do you know what? It really pees me off because <laughs> when people actually say, oh, I don't like running, it's boring, or oh, I don't like running, I find it too hard. And I say to them, like, you're doing it wrong. And for all the reasons you've just stated there, you are running wrong. You are because um, you're either you're setting yourself too big of a goal, maybe in their head. It's like, oh, yeah. I want to I'll get a run 5K. And it's like, but you haven't run in three, four years. Yeah. yeah. Set yourself set, set one mile. Yeah. Or, or, yeah. or four minutes. You know, it's got it's got to be achievable. Yeah, um, it, it, it does. And also, I, I find that lots of people think running is always at, at the top end of your heart rate. Um, and, and I think there's there's something and when you get more into it, you learn about pacing and, and trying to pace yourself, especially when you do something like an ultra or a marathon. You learn about speeding down, regulating your heart rate, eating, hydrating, things like that. But when you first start running, people often don't think about that. And they just sort of almost, they almost just go out flat out until they get that horrible metallic taste in their mouth. Yeah. <laughs> and then like, this is horrendous. Whereas actually they probably would have got much further if they just went out and just went easy. And, and I run, when I run, I always ask myself, especially if it's meant to be an easy day or recovery day, it's like, right, could I keep this pace up forever? If all the conditions stay the same. So it doesn't matter whether I'm going uphill, downhill or whatever. If the conditions stay the same as they are now, could I keep this pace for the next, let's say, 24 hours? And if the answer is yes, I'm going slow enough. If the answer is no, I slow down. Yeah, but exactly. It's... No. Uh... It's, it's crazy how they get it on. Um, I, I, I'm interested, Bob. What, what does running bring to you mentally in terms of, I mean, this could, this could be any, any way, in, in terms of maybe resilience or well-being. You know, this is what the podcast's about. So maybe, yeah. uh, maybe go on those two things. But like, um, th does it bring life balance to you 
or is it just a, a, a means to an end to get fit? No, it it's it brings different things on different days um, because it's it's very it's very useful. Um, so sometimes I'm I'm not one for really running early, um, which lots of people say about like starting the day really early and getting out in that right mindset. However, for me, I have this weird thing where I I have to I have to do something else before I run in the morning, and and I think it's just because for me the I I want to run when I feel best because getting something out of it and and I and I like to see the progress of it but having that sort of time to think and I can think about what's happened I find that if I just wake up and go for a run it's it's a little bit sort of going through the motions whereas if I sort of wake up practice drums do some work I can then go for a run and I can use that time to mentally sort of go through a checklist and sort things out um and it's sort of like this little mental recovery almost that's it it's like having a break but i'm still getting some really great work out of it um i find that i come up with like the youtube videos and things i always come up with the youtube video ideas whilst i'm on a run and, and i use that time and then also it's for things like it's, it's almost like a kind of proof thing. I absolutely love a run when it's horrendous weather. The, the, if, if it's long run day and the weather is just as awful as possible, that is my absolute favourite. Not when I'm doing, like, not, not the time, but kind of for, like, this mental thing of, if I go and do this now, that's as hard as it gets. It doesn't get hard than this because it's the longest run of the week is the hardest run of the week It's probably the hilliest run of the week. And the weather is as bad as it can possibly be. It's like ticking, ticking all the boxes of like, this is as hard as it gets. Mm -hmm. And then I know for the rest of my week, nothing's going to be harder than that. Yeah. And it's like I, I, then I, I sit down and then I've got to write an email that I really don't want to write. And I'm like, well, yeah, but it's not as, it's not as bad as what I just, just did or not as bad as what I did yesterday. So you, you just get on with it. Yeah. Um, and I, I really like that aspect of it. Um, and then also the, like I said, with racing um, and things like that. And it's, it's not only in races, um, it's, it's in, in anything, but I love the idea of overcoming something. So when you're in it and you just, it's just horrible and, and you're hating it. But I, when that happens and you, you get that little bit of like, oh, this is just, this, this is shit now. I then get this little voice in the back of my head and going, yeah, it is shit, but you can, you can do it. You can get over it. You, you can overcome. And then I get excited <laughs> and then I'm like, yeah. Oh, yeah, no, I can. And then I'm like, Oh, how can I make it harder? <laughs> 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 and it's just this end, endless battle. Um, and it's funny, like if, if, you, if you ever run with me, um, if, if we run and it's like a nice day, um, but then like the weather changes and it starts raining. I start to get really excited. I'm like, come on then, rain on me. Come on, let's have it. <laughs> so I get like really hyped up. Um, it's just really funny. Uh, but I, I just like it. The more like little odds and little things get like stacked against me, the more I get a little bit excited about how I'm going to like break it and, and overcome it. Um, yeah. And, yeah. And, and then I'm, I'm also ho horrendous to myself in my head um, that I just berate myself the entire run. Um, so I, I'll just, I'll just run, I'll do intervals and, and I'll get the exact interval time that I wanted. 
And then in the back of my head, I go, yeah, but you're shit. <laughs> you, you could have done quicker. And I do that every time. And I just, I'm just horrendous to myself as much as possible um, because that, that sort of fuels me. Um, and, and I don't really know why. And, and lots of people talk about like having the positivity and, and it's not, it, I don't get in this negative space of where I'm, I'm unhappy, um, but I kind of like mess with myself and it gets me excited. Um, and, and it's, and it's funny. And, and I just, just play with myself, but mentally it just kind of kicks me on. Um, and then, yeah, when I get back from a run, I just feel like, I feel like I've achieved a lot. And that spirals me into a really productive day. Yeah, it's such a, I mean, but one of the big things for me actually is I don't, you obviously say you run with music and podcasts. Is that every time? Because nope. I, I, I've, I, I've got a strict rule. Now I, it's, it's, it's tongue in cheek. I always say when you're listening to music, it's, it's cheating. Right. I, I think I got it off Joe Rogan podcast. I was like, yeah, that's, that's probably I've true, that, actually. I've heard, that, I've heard that podcast. I was but listening to it running. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But like I know it's tongue in cheek, and like you know, if, if if people want to run with music, then you bloody run with music because it's that. As we were saying, you have to enjoy it. If you don't like it, you're not going to stick at it. But I, I, me myself, I tend to. I, I don't think I've listened to music or any audio in years. Um, ever since, to be honest, it's ever since they changed the uh, the audio jack for my iPhone, yeah. and I yeah. didn't have bloody headphones. Yeah. So I, I I'm saying trying to sound hard by saying, oh, I don't run with music, but it's just because I am got uh, proper headphones. Yeah. But I, I, running for me is, is it's like my thinking time. I mean, I know you said there you get your best ideas for, for yeah. videos, but it's in, in reality, it's like the only time throughout the day where I can get away from everyone and everything for an hour and just think. And I've, I've, I always find I, that's when I'm coming up with good ideas or if there's like a problem in my life at the time, I'm, I'm, I, I, I end up solving it. I come up with a solution yeah. or something like that um and do you know the big one you just you haven't got your phone on you yeah oh yeah not in, it's not in your face do, no. do, do, do you do that do you ever what they call naked runs where you just you go out without, without your phone no, I always audio. <laughs> yeah <laughs> well it could be an idea for another challenge but you want to make it harder right underpants yeah, yeah. do it in your underpants <laughs> run fast enough that no one can tell you're naked yeah um, yeah. yeah so it depends i never run without the watch um because I don't, cause, I don't i don't really know why would uh, it cause you anxiety if you didn't have it no would it feel um, like a waste no one on strava is going to see it yeah that's that's the, um, <laughs> no i think it's because i'm obsessed with the statistics afterwards mm -hmm. um it, it, i i love looking in and and figuring it out and seeing what i do and i also i I like plan all my own training plans and things. Um, so I get quite nerdy and into it. So I think yeah, that's yeah. why I like the watch and I always use it. Um, but I just think it's, I don't know. I don't know. I always run with the watch. Um, I, maybe it's because I, when I was cutting calories, um, I found out there's a function on the Garmin watches where it can tell you every time you burn hundred calories. Um, and I switched that on. Uh, <laughs> and, that's and, cool. And I, I just, I, I enjoy burning 100 calories every roughly, like, it's about every 10 minutes you burn 100 calories, isn't it? Um, so, so, yeah, I, I don't know. But as for music, it, it depends. Um, so if I haven't had much time to listen to an audiobook, I'll probably listen to one on my run, um, just because 
I'm combining two things. It's for me, it's, it's almost like efficiency. Um, I think of it that way. I was, I was like, right, I know I want to listen to this book, um, but I haven't got any other time than when I run. So I'm going to listen to it on the run. Um, and then uh, if I listen to music, it's usually something that I'm learning. Um, so it's, it's almost like working. Um, so again, it's efficiency, but there's, there's lots of times I'll run without music. Um, and it's usually the harder the session, uh, the less music I use. So if I'm running like flat out intervals, no music, um, like tempo runs, hill sprints, no music. Um, and then depending on terrain as well. So if I'm running like the coast path or anything like that, um, I'm not going to go music because it's just dodgy. Um, I don't fancy like dying by falling off the edge of the yeah, coast. Yeah, yeah, um, the wits about you. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, so it, it really depends. But what I found is the toe in the drums is actually what helped me stop listening to music because I used to listen to music on every run and almost like couldn't run without it. Um, but then when I started towing the drums, I couldn't because it was just it just wasn't safe because I the only place to train with it was on the road and it's like small country lanes. So I couldn't have headphones in because if a milk lorry comes around the corner and I'm towing a trailer, he's not going to stop. I'm not going to hear him. It's just a nightmare. So I had to go no headphones. Um, and my longest training run for that was 11 hours. Um, 11 hours training run. 11 hour <laughs> training run. Yeah. Um, <laughs> wow. <laughs> uh, yeah. So um, I I learned then to go without music, and what I found is I when I wasn't doing the drums, I would go out with music in, get halfway through the run, and be like, oh, I don't want this, and, and take it out. Mm. Um, so it can be a real mix. I I don't think running with music is cheating, um, really, because I I think we. If, if running with music is cheating, then anti-chafe boxes are chief, cheating, shoes are cheating, socks are cheating, um, like all of it. It's like everything, like really. If, Bob, if, if, Bob, do you know what I mean? It's, yeah. Bob, you're setting yourself up for a challenge here. I, this, I, I can see your mate going to text you now. He's yeah. going to say, <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> Take the drums it, with clothes on and shoes, you yeah. Peter. Right. Okay, okay. Right. So here's, here's, here's something. <laughs> this is a, this is a real insight. So um, the, the, the drum kit has hardware. So like all these stands and these are basically the heaviest part. Um, so I buy the most like durable, heavy, hard wearing hardware possible because I'm throwing it in and out of cases, in and out of vans all the time up on stage. And I just want it to be as robust as possible. So it's really heavy. So the drum kit I use is a Yamaha drum kit. Absolutely love it. It's amazing. Um, but the local drum shop, they got in touch with Yamaha for me and told them what I was doing. And they make this super lightweight hardware called Crosstown Hardware, um, which is amazing. But it's, it, it's, it's really sturdy and it's great. But the whole idea is it's incredibly light. So they sent me this hardware for free to tow. <laughs> um but i i, I um i didn't use it <laughs> Did you, is this the first they're going to find out about that this this will be the first one they find out about it you may have to take this out is it um, is it because you thought it was cheating it's because i thought it was cheating yeah because i said uh, originally that i was going to tow my drums and i was going to tow everything i needed for the gig 
except my bandmates. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, so for me, it was it was kind of like this extra bit, and it was a lot lighter. It took off. So in uh, all in all, I towed 152 kilograms. But if I used the lightweight hardware, it took it all the way down to about 118. So it yeah, was a big lot difference. Out, a massive difference. And I spent the same mate. Um, I spent about two hours on the phone with him and we were just talking through it. And we basically came to the conclusion of it doesn't matter which set of hardware I use. I'm completing the challenge. So I have to use the heavy stuff because if I use the light stuff, I'll have to do it again because I always think yeah. Yeah, could I yeah. heavy stuff. Yeah, I think. Yeah. Kudos to you, actually, because you've obviously got an opportunity there to make the challenge easier without anyone knowing. Yeah, and exactly. you chose not to, and no, you chose no. not to. So yeah, definitely kudos too. But in, ter in, in terms of the, the the drumming company that um, sent them to, you use them every day now, don't you? And you're you're yeah. always telling your oh, clients yeah, use, about I them, use them and all the time. Yeah, promoting so I them. Promoting them. And, and I do actually <laughs> because I yeah, I'm not gonna lie, they are lighter, and I now use them for my gigs. <laughs> yeah, so they are being used. They are. It was, yeah. it was worth them sending to them to. Oh, yeah, yeah, and yeah, and and I use them. I use them on the gig at the end. Um, yeah. Well. Um, and no, that's not true. That's not true. That's right, stop it now. <laughs> They're uh, going to come uh, and ask for them back. Yeah. yeah, I know. Yeah, they might do. <laughs> but, but while we're on the drums, while we're on the drum story, because I'm glad we've got back to that, because I'd, I'd want to know um, what, what, what were your toughest moments on this? Because this is this was a challenge that you you'd haven't done before. You've done the Iron Man, I suppose that you're, you're used to these long hauls. But this is four days, right? This is. This is a different kettle of fish again. Um, were, were there any low moments? Were there any moments where you're like, this is sucks? Yeah, yeah, there was. Um, so the, the first uh, the first moment that really got to me was much more emotionally than physically. Um, no, that wasn't the first one. No, the first one was, um, so we, we went, we started at eight o'clock um in uh, eight o'clock at night so 8 p.m and got out of cardiff got dark um went all through the night and that was fine um and then we got to port talbot really early hours of the more of saturday no friday morning it would have been so we started thursday night so then friday morning about i'm gonna say about 5 30 in the morning we got, got to about port talbot which and we is had enough to, to press anyone to be honest yeah to it, it is yeah i know um but that was a, a really bad spot because the support vehicle couldn't pull over very often um so we had to find this like really horrible route through and i just had um one support member with me and we we the, the problem the problem at the start was everyone was really excited and everyone wanted to help massively and be really involved so the entire support crew stayed up all night which was the worst decision ever because <laughs> we got to 5 30 and everyone was fucked <laughs> yeah everyone was knackered and and suddenly it was me and my mate tom trudging through port talbot just like oh this is shit like this is horrendous we're all knackered now and we were trying to pick out the route and we couldn't see the support car because they just had to go through Port Talbot because the road system was horrendous. Um, so it was about two and a half hours that we basically just walked in utter silence, um, just listening to people waking up uh, and we just trudged through. And, and that was really hard. 
Um, and that was probably, that was like the first low moment. Did you have the smell as well? Because obviously for people that don't know, Paul Talbot's right next to a steel um, yeah. works, isn't it? it? It's quite, quite often you'll go through and. Yeah. So it's, it's it got stinks. Like, horrible, like really metallic sort of, yeah. Like kind of rotten smell. Mm. Um, yeah. I, I don't actually remember that really getting to me too much. Yeah. Um, but what, what did get to me is that I was, I miscalculated my food. So I had a rotation of, of how I was eating my bars. And basically the, the bars I use are the hammer nutrition ones. And I use, I eat a quarter of them every 20 minutes. And that means that I basically in three hours, I go through four bars. That's right. Or, or four hours is three bars. It's one way or the other. But yeah. whatever I did in my head on the run, I swapped it around. Right. And, and I thought I was wrong. And I was so confused by the bars. And I was thinking about that and getting really confused and then I started to think that we were behind on time and everything was just sort of getting re really confused and because I couldn't see the support team they couldn't reassure me that actually no it's fine that I hadn't messed up the bars we weren't behind time I was just confused so I was really in my head and we just suffered um but then fortunately we got out the other side of Port Talbot and we um you know the the big motorway bridge um, where the 50 limit is, mm -hmm. that is. So we sat underneath that and ate McDonald's at 6am it was probably a bit later than that it was probably pro maybe maybe close to 7am at that point um, and we sat under there and, and ate McDonald's and um, two of the crew members actually got some sleep in that time which was good so then I had a fresh crew member with me and then we sort of went straight into to Swansea um, and that picked me back up which was great so I sort of got through that low moment and that, and that wasn't that wasn't the worst I was just really down and disorientated and and it was very quiet and sort of like in my own head um but then after that it, it really picked up the next morning because we've got the light and light is always a motivator and you're out with port talbot like yeah. honestly like it's it's i can yeah. imagine it being quite a a funny mental yeah on your head, you know? also, the way it is yeah it was also getting to swansea was quite a big check mark which was quite good because it was like, right, we've got to the next city. Yeah. So that was really important. And then it was getting busier. So then people were coming past and beeping and interested and seeing what was going on, mm. um, which was good. Uh, so, yeah, so Swansea was Swansea was pretty good until I hit a lamppost um, and, <laughs> and ripped, ripped half of the um, drum kit off the trailer. Uh, because, and that was just mental fatigue. So that was one of these things where it was quite clear that some sleep deprivation was kicking in because I was, I was walking down the path and to the left, there, there was a lamppost right in the middle of the pavement. And to the left, there was this nice little like flat grass bit, absolutely fine. And then to the right, there was a little bit of pavement and then the curb. And my brain went, oh, good, on the right. Um, yeah. <laughs> so I went down the right. And then I looked back and I thought, wow, I'm close to that curb. So I quickly like darted left and I just smashed against the lamppost and all the drum gear, like, because <laughs> um, like, I had a sign around it, that all ripped off and the snare drum fell off and it was all, because it was all bungeed down and it shifted. And I was like, oh, this isn't good. So then we had to stop and call the support car and they had to come and like fix it. And we had to get some cable ties and things like that. So that was the first big like blunder. Yeah. Um, and, then the, and then we had a really steep hill which was which wasn't too bad that that was all right um coming up swansea is a, a really long hill but there was a lot of people around so it's quite good um 
and and that was that was all right we got got all right with that but then the really horrible like emotional part was that my my parents came up to support and um it was it was uh, both my parents and my uncle and they came out to help so at this point i then had six crew members and my parents and my uncle and i just found after a while i just had too many people asking me questions and i knew it was going wrong when my mum came up to me and she was like oh, i'm really sorry we couldn't get you any blueberries and i was like what and she was like i we, we couldn't get you any they, they didn't have any and I, and I was like what are you on about and she was like, you asked me for blueberries like 40 minutes ago. I've literally just been to like three shops to try and get some. I was like, I don't, oh, wow. I don't remember this. I don't remember asking for blueberries. And I was like, and, and I hadn't seen this pork and I was really confused. And I just, I, at that point, I was just, I had, to, I said to my parents, I was like, I, I need to leave. Like, you've got to go. Um, so I literally just told my parents to go away and leave, um, mm -hmm. which was horrible. That that was really really hard because they were tough, isn't it? They were trying to help, but it and and they probably were helping, but in my mind they they just weren't. I was just getting confused, and I just had to tell them to go. Um, yeah. And I and then I got to the next like checkpoint and support crew, and I just remember saying, I was like I've I've told them to go. I was like that felt like a really horrible long stint. I suffered like it's not it's not going quite right yeah um, yeah and then and then we get to the lowest moment this is a horrible one um so, so we, we haven't we haven't even peaked yet in no, no we haven't, no, we haven't, we haven't okay. peaked um no. we haven't peaked so there's two moments uh well yeah there's, a, there's probably about three more <laughs> um yeah. no i think back to it but yeah so then we went through flanetli um lovely place uh, <laughs> um but coming out of flanetli there is a absolutely horrendous hill so there's a, a small b road that goes from Flanetli to Carmarthen and it goes through this place called Pontiets and the hill is about 1.4 miles long and it's an average grade of 15 percent jeez <laughs> it's <laughs> it, it's brutal and just before that, there's another hill, which is about a kilometre long and has an average grade of about 13%. Um, and we uh, we found, really weird, but some, somehow at the start, we found this old, like, weird, it was like a clamp from a farm or something. And it basically, we used it as a chock under the wheel. That's what we used it for. It wasn't intended we just found it probably about 10 minutes into the run and it stayed with us the whole time and we used it, it was the most helpful thing ever we've nicknamed it chock norris um <laughs> that's about all you need to know about um but we were putting it in the back of the pickup and every time i needed to stop we just put it under the wheel if i was on a hill or anything so that it didn't roll um if i needed to uncouple and use the lure or whatever because the whole idea was that no one else was really no one else was allowed to touch drum kit um so i couldn't no one could help me push it up a hill or anything like that there was there was nothing so the only respite i got is if we put it on the chock i could then unhook and use the lure or anything like that um but we got to this hill coming out of Flanetli and there's a, a really horrible turn on it and the support crew couldn't stop on it so they had to go um and it was a, it was a little bit badly coordinated and we didn't really think it through and the chock got left in the pickup truck and the pickup truck went ahead so I start up this 13% hill, which at this point I'm moving at 40 minutes per mile. Um, right. And I got 25 minutes into it and my right glute completely locked on. 
um, and I was just in utter pain. And I turned to the support crew and I was like, I had, I had, I had one guy, I had Dylan with me at the time. And I said to him, I said, oh, mate, can you put the chalk behind? I was like, I need to stretch. And, and he just goes, I, I don't have it. <laughs> and I was like, oh, I was like, what do you mean? And he was like, it's, it's not here. It's in the support car. The support car's 10 minutes away. I was like, oh, okay, this is a problem. So I just had to keep going. Um, and I was just in so much pain. And they called and they got the support car back. Um, and we, we did a, a really quick break I stretched and then I carried on and then we got up and there was a little t-junction and I pulled off onto the left in the t-junction um and we stopped there um and I unhooked from the trailer and I just walked over the support car and I was just like I just broke down completely um I just sat on the floor and was like in my head I was done I was just like I remember just walking over to them and I I just said to, I think I said to them like I think I said we failed or something something along those lines and, and that was it. I was just, I was just gone. Um, and it took them about 40 minutes to bring me around. Um, really? Yeah. And they just had to sit with me um, and just like, just pat me on the back and sort of, yeah, just, just talk me through it. Um, and yeah, we just, we just sat there just by the side of the road. Um, uh, and I just remember feeling horrendous because the only thing in my head was that this hill was so hard, the hardest thing I'd ever done, but I knew the next hill was harder. And, and was it was it yeah. like meant weirdly yes it it what it was physically harder but no mentally it, it wasn't um and we actually on that hill i i sweared so much at that hill um i i vowed <laughs> whilst on that hill i vowed that i would come back and tell every square meter of it to fuck off <laughs> <laughs> Um, but it was, it was, we started that hill at about 10 p.m. and we finished it at 2 a.m. No, we didn't. No, we didn't. That's, that's, that's a lie. We, we started it at 9 p.m. and we finished at midnight. So, um, that's for one hill. That's a long slog. That's for one hill. And yeah. it, it was awful. And we, we had loads of people on the phone. Um, we had the owner of the drum shop, Brett. We had him on the phone to me for like some of it. Um, and yeah, just, just some really bad bits. And there's a really good photo um, of me basically right at the top of this hill. Um, and it's just me just looking down and my mate next to me on the phone in a high-vis jacket. And I, you can just see I'm suffering. And that oh, was wow. like, that was pretty much towards the end of this hill. Um, and yeah, that was, that was awful. And, and this road was the road that we knew the least, um, didn't really know it very well. So what we found was that I was always expecting it to end. And I was saying to the boys, I was like, oh, it's just up here. That's the worst. It, yeah. It and it wasn't. And we went on and then we got to the end of that hill and then we did the rest of the road. Um, and the rest of the road went on for a good few miles um, until we yeah. got to Carmarthen. And, and I was just expecting Carmarthen to come so much earlier. Um, and at that point, my I remember um, the crew were like charging my phone and then randomly bring it to me at points. And they gave me my phone at that point. And my brother would text me saying like, following your progress, like really proud. And I was just like in like full floods of tears, just walking down. Oh, I um, love you, man. Like, yeah, like really, really suffering. Um, and then we and then we stopped in McDonald's and I sat <laughs> on a camping chair um, in a bus stop outside McDonald's uh, eating chicken selects 
uh, and I remember this car coming past and I had there's a beacon on the trailer like flashing there's this massive trailer next to me um, it's 1am and this car comes past and this guy just like holds his hand out the window and he was like you right? I was like yeah yeah <laughs> oh, good yeah what I found interesting from that uh, story is obviously you said that there's there was two monstrous hills right mm-hmm. and you said the second one was harder physically but yeah. mentally it, it wasn't as hard mentally it wasn't as hard as that other yeah. film yeah. which which shows the importance again um of this the, the mental aspect of endurance and resilience right oh, and i was wondering what, what what's your sort of um understanding of mental resilience and where do you think that physical resilience stops and mental resilience starts or or, or is it one and the same and, and to give it what, what's your sort of understanding of it and importance uh, that what, what kind of role does it play i think the mental side is 99 percent of it um because even when you even if you say something physical is holding you back like an injury it takes discipline to get over the injury it's really hard to go through the rehab process it's horrendous not just because it's boring but because they're they're always horrible exercises that take ages so mentally you have to do that and i think it, it it kind of doesn't matter where you are physically it's it's always it's, it's always the mental battle that you have to win if you win the mental battle you'll win the physical battle every single time mm. whereas if you if you win the physical battle you might not win the mental one because i could yeah. have easily i could have easily smashed that hill that first hill and gone oh yeah physically that that was fine and then on and then between the next hill suddenly got really worried about the next one and then given up mentally um and it's i i i really think the mental aspect of it is just everything um because it's the, the other thing is when you it, when, when we talk about when you're in a race and you're feeling horrendous and you're like oh this is the worst thing ever my legs are dead i cannot run uh, like i just i just can't do it i'm crawling at this point and then you get to the end, you see the finish line. <laughs> yeah. You're gone. <laughs> like, you're sprinting. And is so what 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 changed? Uh, is the mental. Uh, is is always that. Um, and you you get to you get to a checkpoint and they're cheering you on. And you start running into the checkpoint. Oh yeah. But you start smiling. And it's always mental. And 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 that's what that's what picks you up. And and I really do think that training the mental side of it and and it's a weird thing to train because it's not it's not a muscle like any other is you can't you almost can't see it get stronger it doesn't get bigger um you can't look in the mirror and flex it (laughs) although i wish you could (laughs) yeah i mean you can you can like do all your eyebrows in the mirror but that counts um so you you can't you you it's really hard to quantify where your sort of mental toughness and resilience is and, and also it changes every day um some days are some days are awful like if you if you sleep bad it's it's harder um if you if you go for a run off of nine hours sleep it's much easier than going off a run from four hours sleep and and there's all these things that compound and other things and and what i found weird though with the mental aspect is that sometimes 
when you're having a bad day and you and you're going out and you, you go oh, i've got to do this run oh, it's going to be shit it's all rubbish and then you go out and you absolutely smash it you do a great run i never understand how that works mm. because that for me is is that there's something strange about that mentally because really you're, you're not in the right headspace to do that but you you can and 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 it overcomes in weird ways and and you and you know it's like it, it, the mind's always going to throw things at you like it knows every insecurity you ever have like it, it's, it's it's basically this massive weapon that can go against you at any time you know it's like when you lie in bed and you think of something really embarrassing you did when you were 14 yeah <laughs> and, and then you can't sleep it's like what's that about like why is why is your brain sabotaging you um yeah. and it and it really does and, it, and it's strange how you can't quantify it but it's also your most powerful weapon because mm -hmm. if you get the right attitude you're you're unstoppable yeah you you just won't quit if you've got it in your mind of like i'm, I'm not going to quit it's like the whole thing of when i just once i decided i was doing it that was it it was decided it there was there was no going back and my mind won out on that it was like a, a, the light switch had, had flicked on and that was it there was no turning it off it was just like i'm doing it no matter what and done yeah, it was just, it was decided um and that was just something that mentally went in my favor it could have just as easily I could have gone, oh no, that sounds a bit hard. <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah. And 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 so as as far as it's it's a weird one because I I don't know if you can train it. Um but maybe you maybe you can. I, I, you you yeah. can most definitely train it. But um well that from, from what I understand and from what I've read is that it's been it's putting yourself under pressure under stress yeah. in controlled environments so hence like a training uh, or race or something like that yeah you're you get better than dealing with stress and pressure in yeah. other areas yeah it's, um, yeah it's almost like, yeah like act act more 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 from like a, almost like a focus point of view that you you almost you get to the conclusion quicker um which, yeah, I, yeah, it's, it's interesting because David Goggins has the, the cookie jar analogy. Right, yeah. yeah. Yes, um, I think Reese actually, uh, Reese Jenkins, he, he uses matches. It, that's his analogy, isn't yeah, it? It's, yeah, it's the same yeah. thing. It's his, don't burn all your matches. Yeah. It's the little stories, right? It's the little yeah. things to, to give you energy. Yeah, basically, yeah. It, it's, it's like, because you've done, you can always think back on something hard that you've done. Um, and you know, because you've done something hard, you can do something else hard. Um, mm. And, and it is interesting. And, and I, 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 you definitely can train the minds, like 100%, you, you definitely can. But, but it's one of those, it's, I, I suppose what I, what I mean is that it's, it's one of those things that's really hard to quantify. Um, and, and that's the totally. most difficult thing about it because it is so, it's so different to any, any other muscle. You can't, you, you can't compare it to like, oh, I've got so much better at running because I've taken five minutes off my 5K you're like, oh, I'm so much better at mental resilience because I didn't do what? What's what's the quantifier? Yeah. Um, and and that's and that's where, but that in itself is a mental battle. Um, well, one of the other uh, big big indicators of mental strength is actually um, your personality, and right. obviously uh, some people's personalities are vastly different to others. And from from what I get from you, Bob, from meeting you and talking to you, is you're a positive guy, right? 
and positive. I'm, yeah, that, yeah, you, you, you are a positive guy. And it's, that is one of the biggest indicators of mental resilience. And I think it's because it's the way you perceive problems and stresses and pressures. You're able to perceive them in a way that you don't crumble you uh, under the, uh, the pressure of them or the weight yeah. of them you see them maybe as a challenge and you rise to it yeah. um and that's one of the biggest things so you're saying it's hard to quantify yes it is hard to quantify but also it's not universal to every single person because yeah. people have different per personalities yeah. some people just they won't have if if you're say if you're a pessimist if you see, if you see the bad in things all the time if you're moaning about the weather you know yeah. or um you sort of see yourself as the victim constantly um you know or you drop your phone oh, on the floor and it smashes your screen oh why me why is the world yeah. against me but yeah and yeah it, you will you will have less mental pressure because of yeah that. um uh, yeah really really interesting there's um uh, have you listened to the uh, high performance podcast no no the, that's a, a really really interesting one but they have a, a saying on there which is it's not your fault, but it is your responsibility, mm. um, which is really interesting. Even if you link it back to things like getting injured, it might not be your fault you got injured, but it's now your responsibility to deal with the fact that you're injured. Yeah, uh, that's that's really interesting because, yeah, things things go wrong. It's it's like it's things that it, we can go back to, like why I did the challenge in the first place, which is to raise money for cardiac risk in the young because of my sister. Mm. It's not my fault. My sister died. It's, it's no one's fault we, we couldn't do anything about it she had a heart problem and and that was that yeah it is our responsibility to carry on and and deal with it and make sure that we can still function as humans and go out the next day and live our lives it, it, it's our responsibility to do that we can't we can't put that on anyone else and even though, yeah even though it's not our fault we still have to carry on and it's on it is on you there's a there's a, a similar saying um, that pretty much goes along the same vein is that we can't control everything that happens to us, but what we can control is our reaction to yeah. those things. Yeah. And um, like, like as as with your, your your sister sadly passing, and sorry to hear about that by the way, I, I didn't know that before uh, beforehand. Um, that was out of your control, but how you dealt with it and how you focused yeah. your efforts and moved forward um that was within your control yeah. and people have got to make the, those decisions every single day and you can yeah. make them every single day everyone's greeted with hardship every day you know from yeah. from spilling your tea to you know the sad uh, loss of relatives and friends and yeah. stuff and um but it's that reaction to it yeah. how you how you react to it is what makes the difference yeah and, and i think it also it doesn't you don't have to react in the most perfect way possible like it's 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 okay to have a bad day and things like that yeah. it's a, it's like like when we talk about the calories it's okay to have a red day but tomorrow we'll try to have a green day again it's you you do have to react and you have to you have to sort it out but also be a little bit forgiven of yourself when things do go wrong totally we're we're all going to make mistakes and fuck up well, like, do you know what you're bang on with that and i think it, you've got such a good analogy there with the, the green and the green and red days for calorie counting that's got actually quite a, a nice uh, analogy of it because the key to it is consistency yep. it's not you can have a wobble you can have yep. a red day the key is to just as long as you get more green days red than red days, days yep. then you're going to hit it because i think um maybe a lot of people look at rockman 
um, and we bang on about resilience and you know fronting up and taking on the challenges um and being you know hard as you as you will but we, we you're also allowed to have the soft days you know you're allowed yeah. to be vulnerable and one of the biggest things that we we try to say to people you're allowed to ask for help you know we oh, can't yeah. we're not all bulletproof all yeah, the time um, yeah you know? yeah i i was i was terrible for that i was always i would never never show emotion or anything just be like nah, it's it's fine whatever never get anyone to help me uh and that's that's one thing that the drum kits i massively made is this the support crew i but i could talk to them about anything now just just no matter what and i could i could talk to them a lot before but now it's it's to the point where it's just like if anything is ever wrong for me or any one of them it's it does not matter like we're all there for each other and it's really hard to ask for help like it it's especially when you're in a position where it thinks it makes you look weak or mm. In, or it's something that you feel embarrassed about it's so so hard to ask for any form of help but ev everyone's got their their little thing that's that's shit and horrible and and everyone probably needs a bit of help yeah, so, yeah. Do you know what? I, I wonder if it's a bloke thing you see because like uh, yeah I, th I, th I think as as men you're supposed to be this mate, competent person you know maybe sort of a leader type um maybe a provider and showing asking for help is that sign of weak and I, I do it myself or honestly like i i try to do as much on by myself yeah. as possible i don't like um delegating tasks i you know i, I don't like giving things away yeah. i like i like yeah. to be this yeah seen this, as this uh, yeah, yeah. As, as i like hard. yeah if, if you want it done right do it yourself isn't it and yeah but mentality but then you take it too far and you just burn out yeah no you do you do there, yeah. there's a there's another saying um if you want to go fast go alone if you want to go far go together yeah and uh, i think that's that's a good one yeah i've got another question actually on um the mental resilience stuff is i i want to know what keeps you motivated bob but maybe, maybe even um put it put it back to your drum challenge sort of what kept you motivated then um and what keeps you motivated now to get out of bed put your body through these hard hardships sorry <clears throat> um yeah. the the fact that it never ends yeah uh, i i i love that and that's that's one of, for me that's one of the massive comparisons i draw between fitness and music um you you can't complete the drums it's it's simple <laughs> Yeah, even if you're the best drummer in the world. So, so for example, uh, just above the computer, you can't see it, unfortunately, but there's a poster of a drummer called Benny Greb. Absolutely amazing. One of my favourite drummers in the world. He's incredible. He's not completed it, though. There's still something that he can't do. Um, yeah. I'm sorry, mate, but <laughs> there is. Yeah. Um, but, he, but he knows it, and that's, and that's fine. And, and I love that. And it's the same with running. It's, it doesn't matter how hard I train today, or what I do, if I take six weeks off, it's gone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I've got to get up tomorrow and do it again. But that's fine because it's just another opportunity to enjoy it and find out why I'm doing it and, and different things like that. And as I said, I like the idea of overcoming it. And it's not just overcoming something on one day. It's right. Can I 
overcome the consistency of this? Can I train this hard for this many weeks? Can I overcome that? Can I do that without getting injured, without getting ill? All of these things. And that, a lot of that keeps me going. Um, and also just the fact that I really enjoy it. I, I, I just do. I just, I just love it. I just love, like, sometimes I, I go for a run and I don't want to, but I, I generally, I'd say 90% of the runs I go on, I look down and I'm like, oh, it's time to go run. Yeah. <laughs> Great. Like, I get to go run. Um, and, and I love that. And I go to the gym. Um, I do three days a week at 6am with my mate in the local leisure centre. Um, and it's like, brilliant. Cool. I've got a, yeah, I've got a gap of 5am to go and get there. But that, that's fine. I, we're like, it's going to suck for what, two minutes? That, that's, that's, the, that's the other thing I have is, is that I just convince myself that it only sucks for two minutes because in reality it does it's lots of people say that about oh you run in the rain and it's like yeah but after two minutes it doesn't get any worse because the own the own and 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 two minutes is an exaggeration really it's more like 10 seconds once you're wet you're wet your skin's waterproof so carry on (laughs) and 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 i i have all these sort of things and then also just the fact of like can i like can i do it um, and that was a big thing with the drums is I, I didn't have a trailer. I didn't know how much it weighed. I didn't know how to tow it. I didn't know if I could run a hundred miles. I never run a hundred miles before it. The furthest I'd run before doing the tow in one go was 40 miles. Um, so it's a bit different. Yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah, it's, com- it's completely different. Um, and it was, can I do it? It's a, it's a challenge of, can I do it? And, and I've, I, I'm thinking about a new challenge now we'll get on to that in a second but it's interesting because i think that's the the biggest thing i've noticed about you bob is you're constantly proving something to yourself i think you get you get a a lot of value from that and does it give you self-worth to yourself it it gives me something to work to it's 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 a reason to wake up every morning isn't it it's it's like if you've got something that you're working towards it's like every day it's like oh well I'll, I'll get up and I'll go and do it because like we're, we're gonna find out it's, it's like it's like reading a it's like reading an amazing book or, yeah. or the film that you want to get to the end of it it's uh, that's how I feel about it and and again it's that's what I was like with drums all the time it is it's like oh can I can I play drums as a living how how can I do it right I need to be in a band I need to know how to record I, I need to do all these things and and then it's setting that challenge and working at it every day um I think for me uh, the the most the thing I would struggle with the most is not having like a mountain to climb I um you you know you've heard of Gary V yeah I've heard of him what's who's so, that so he's I have a, heard that name he's a he's a business guy from the states um, yes I do know him but but he he has this saying of like love the process not the outcome because his his whole like his like whole life goal is to basically buy the Jets which is the the NFL team the New York Jets um and but he sort of has this mindset of like once he buys the Jets that's it his life's gonna be shit <laughs> because yeah. he's done it and he's not like working towards anything anymore he's gonna be bored and, and I kind of have the same mindset of that if if I'm if if I wake up one day and 
I don't have a race to train for or a silly challenge to try and plot or something to figure out or some, what, what, what am I, what am I doing? What's the point? I don't You're, you're exactly yeah. right. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I can't, I can't just go through the motions. Like, the, I, yeah. Because um, obviously in, in 2013, I did my challenges. I, I got fit, lost like three stone, um, stayed like that for a year or two. Then I got a missus as we, more, as, as we all do. We get a bit comfortable. But, I do this way. I do. <laughs> well, we're married now. We're married now. So I, I did like her. Um, but I, did, I, I, I lost that focus. I didn't have a challenge, yeah. right? Yeah. And I put weight back on. I lost all the fitness. And then I need a challenge to get yeah. me, kick me back up the ass and go again. It gives your life purpose. It gives yeah. your life meaning. It yeah. gives your life direction and structure. And it's so important. And I think too many people people can be lost right in their lives they they maybe they're just going through the motions of life they've got their job they go to work they come home maybe deal with the kids they go to bed they get up in the morning they go to their job it's just yeah. monotonous and i think you need that you need something you need yeah. purpose i think yeah. as human beings and i i mean i know women get it but especially men i they they have this just yearning to achieve and be, be someone and be something you know yeah. Yeah, yeah, I really think so. And like, I, I can't think of anything worse than just like watching the years tick by. Like, imagine, yeah, yeah. it's scary. Yeah, I, it's like I, I want to look back and be like, oh yeah, I did, I did that and I did that. And even if they're, they're small, it's, it's weird because I, I now think of the, the drum kit toe as because it's because it's done. I just think of it as this really small thing. But if you, <laughs> yeah. go, if you go six months ago when I was still trained for it, it was massive. It was my entire life. Yeah. Um, but now it's just this tiny little chapter. And, so and Bob, I'm trying to work on something else now. <laughs> so, Bob, what is the next chapter for Bob Thomas? What's on the horizon? What are we going to do? Um, we're we're going to run a lot. Um, so I would like to be the first person in the world to run to every castle in Wales. Um, I'm pretty obsessed with that idea. Um, it was, yeah, it's, it's been rattling around for a little while. Um, and it's, it's another one of those things where it's, I don't know how to do it because I, I still don't know how many castles there are in Wales. I've got, I've got about 50 answers for how many castles there are in Wales and trying to define it is horrendous. I've actually just been put in contact with a guy from historic England who's got friends connected in some of like the national trusts and things. Um, and he's trying to compile some lists to help me out, um, which would be amazing. But just as a rough ballpark, it's somewhere between 427 and 653. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, like, so yeah, yeah I, I can imagine people are listening to this and go, oh, run to every castle in Wales. Like yeah. if, you, if you don't really know Wales, it's the land of the bloody castle. They're yeah. everywhere. Like, I mean, are you are you counting? Like, what? Are, how are you classifying a, a, a castle now? Like, so, what's what's your definition? Go on so the turret. That that's my hardest thing. That that's where that's why there's so many different numbers because I I don't know. I'm not I'm not a speciality on castles. Um, I, I I love a good castle. Like like don't get me wrong. I, I, like that's why I like it because it's so cool. It's 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 very Welsh. Um, it's it's wicked. But I don't I don't really know like the exact classification. So this is why I'm asking people for help. Going back to talking about asking people for help. I mm -hmm. I, I don't know the technical things of what is a castle. Like, is a hill fort a castle? 
What about an Iron Age fort? Does that count? But the one thing I want to make sure is I get every single one. And that's the only stipulation. So people, I've spoke to some people and they're like, oh, how are you categorizing it? Is it only Welsh castles or is it English built castles in Wales? And I'm like, no, it's every, it has to be every. It's just, that's, that's my only stipulation because uh, my worst nightmare is to run the entire thing, finish it, be really happy. And then six weeks later, some random guy from out of nowhere just goes oh yeah but you, you didn't run to this one <laughs> i'm just like <laughs> the guy won't be the guy won't be random bob it'll be me <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. it'll be you or yeah. <laughs> so i mean j- just to give the listeners an idea now so obviously there's so 400 odd castles to maybe 600 yeah. what sort of distance is that looking like in running and um and how much how much time is that going to take you uh, so i think at a minimum it's probably going to be about 900 miles uh i think it's more likely to be closer to like the 1500 mile mark um and uh basically i have to get it done in in less than three weeks um because that's that's the only time i have in my calendar um so three weeks yeah um unless basically unless i put it back to next year well, no, no, I'm already doing it next year. Unless I put it to 2023, there's, I only basically have in my calendar, I now have one three-week slot to do it, which I have booked off with all my bands and all my work. Um, and so kind of no matter how far it is, I'm going to do it in that time. Are you doing it for charity? Yes, I will do it for charity. Yes. Have you picked? Um, uh, I haven't spoke to them yet, um, just because I want to get it sort of properly mapped out before I actually approach them. But yeah, there's a, a, a local charity called Get the Boys a Lift who are in uh, Halford West, which is about 10 minutes from me, and they are a mental health charity. And they're absolutely wicked. Um, and one of, one of the guys there um, was a few years older than me in school, but they basically they just offer completely free um, mental health sort of just, just help to anyone. That's basically, they've got this coffee shop in Halford West and anyone can go in there and you can have a chat we're, and it's it's just amazing they, they do loads and they they put counselors on and they help people and they just talk and and yeah they've helped so many people in the community and they're absolutely amazing and they do loads for the local community as well they get involved with all the events and everything and they're absolutely wicked so i i really want to do it for them yeah um, that sounds bro yeah, yeah well I, I, um awesome. i'm sure rockman will be lending a hand as well with uh, yeah. coming out and doing some promotion for you and stuff. We'll, we'll obviously be following you on the, the socials and, and the yep. Rockman page as well. So everyone, everyone that wants to follow uh, and donate, all the links will be on there. But if if people aren't, where can people find you, Bob? Where, so, where, like, so if people want to follow you personally, yeah. where can people find you? Um, I live in Lexington, so don't <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, is my address. Is <laughs> follow, follow me around. Um, no, uh, I am Bob Thomas Ultra on everything except youtube which is just bob thomas um bob thomas yeah so yeah it's just yeah bob thomas ultra pretty standard um look for this face um if you see a picture of a person sat in two camping chairs taking their shoes off that's me that's Um, you cool i'll put all the links in the uh in the show notes below so people can have a little look it's all under that and i'm on pretty much everything but thank you very much that that's that's, yeah no that's been a really great uh great chat i hope people take these um a lot of uh, insight and information from that, you know?
yeah yeah i hope so it's it's, it's been great i've like even i've learned things <laughs> which is great because like on when you're talking about like training the mental stuff and things like that and how to quantify it that's that's a really interesting i'm gonna go away and think about that for days now. Yeah, well i'll i'll set you some homework as well to do um, I'll put it, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Every day's a school day, see. Yeah. Every day's a school day. Uh, but thank you very much. Um, we'll catch up soon. I'm sure we'll probably do another podcast in the future as well. So that's very yeah. good. Yeah, let's do it. Thank you. Cheers, mate. Awesome. Enjoy. See ya. Top five.